The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson with you. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Uh, we've had some notable days this week. Monday was Star Wars Day. Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday. May 6th, it's just Wednesday. But we're here with you to talk about what's going on in sports. A couple different things we want to get through today. We have an interesting interview that Craig Hislop has done for us with the Utah State softball coach Steve Johnson. It's a spring sport affected by COVID-19 in that pandemic. Uh, we had a great conversation yesterday with Phil Olson. That was a lot of fun. I, we could have kept going for hours, I think, with Phil. We ran out of time. We had to uh, end it, but we had a great time with him. If you missed it or you want to go back and listen again, it's already posted. It's on our website, 1069thefan.com. You can go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, the high school football schedules have been released. Um, there was an interesting statement from the Utah High School Activities Association earlier this week regarding fall activities. We'll get into that. And uh, there's some maybe some news from the Utah Jazz and even from Major League Baseball about re- a potential plan to resume the baseball season. So a lot of different things to get through today, Ajay. Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, then I want to know... Dennis Lindsay met with a selection of media yesterday, and no one got the audio. Everyone took quotes, well, but no one took the audio. Well, what's, the other funny thing is we're an affiliate, and we didn't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, there was no idea this was happening. And then Tony Jones, who does great work, is out there tweeting out quotes from Dennis Lindsay, and I'm like, what is he talking about? What is this coming from? Well, there's a select media press conference going on. And no one has the audio. But we do have quotes, so we'll we'll kind of break down what Dennis Lindsay said. Uh, he didn't give out a specific date of when he uh, will have his team or players start filtering into the Zions Bank practice facility to, to get some workout in. But uh, he said it'll be sometime after May 8th is what he said. Um, and then he talked about Rudy uh, Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and the relationship there uh, is more point blank than anything. Hey, by the way, Eric, I think I figured something out while sitting here. I think yeah. I'm allergic to these mouth cover things. I'm not. I'm not like, and I'm not joking either. What do you mean you're allergic to them? I, like, I, I don't know what the fabric is or something, but I think I'm allergic to it. Well, stop sucking on it. I'm not sucking on it. I'm only licking it. There's a difference. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Now, can uh, we get a different mouth cover with different fabric? We'll have to look into that for you, AJ. Just for you. Okay. If Just I, for you. If I freaking, like, you know, have to sneeze or whatever, I'm going to do it right into the mic, and I'm going to blame it on you. If you Because you wouldn't get me a different cover. If you pass out over there and start going into uh, <laughs> anaphylactic shock, well, I just may have to call 911 and hope they get here in time. Maybe I'll put up an act. I think I I'm could, not touching you. I could fake that. I'm not going to touch you. Dude, you got to come save my life. You can't leave me out here to die. You got to come give me like mouth to mouth or something. I mean, do something. I'll call sports guy over and he can help us out. Oh man, he'd be happy to help out. 
He's uh, he's actually uh, he, he doesn't have boundaries like some he's, of us. He's, <laughs> he's delivering his truck. By the way, I'm I'm the new sports guy supposedly, according to a place that I went to to deliver my car to get fixed. Um, <laughs> they, thought, they thought you were sports. Oh guy. man, that was bad. <laughs> Just my reaction to them probably wasn't appropriate. I should have been more nice. All right, so let's get to some of the comments made by Dennis Lindsay in a conversation that was had among just his his besties in the media, and we're not in that select group. But some people did write what he said <laughs> down, and so we can read some of those comments. Uh, Tim McMahon for on ESPN has put some things together. There's some other local uh, reporters in the state of Utah down south of us that put some things together. But basically the crux of it is, a lot of people focusing on the relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and rightfully so. And Jazz top brass have been deafeningly silent on this until now. And Ajay, I don't know that he really said a whole lot new other than we're we're moving forward. Yeah, his exact quote is, they're ready to put this behind them. Move forward, act professionally. Look, the night of March 12th was really unprecedented. It brought a microscope to our team, and we get it. With that said, we're very pleased with the collective makeup of our group, Donovan and Rudy in particular, and we look forward to moving forward. Uh, they said their peace to each other. They've both visited at the ownership level, management level, and at the coaches level, the players level with each other as well. They're fully participating in our Zoom workouts. There's going to be another level, I think, for the whole team to get back to each other. So, okay, so then he actually brought forth one fact that we didn't know. They spoke to each other, according to him. Well, Rudy Gobert acknowledged about a month ago that he'd reached out to Donovan and they had a conversation and admitted it's it's not a perfect relationship, but Rudy was trying to extend an olive branch and help things move forward. Donovan hasn't said anything. Yeah, so and that's that's a good point you bring up. Was it Rudy, hey man, look, I apologize. I want to move on. And then Donovan said, Look, I still hate your guts. I will hate your guts. I can't wait for you to get traded. I don't know that that's Bullet really pretend. what we know what he said. Well, but. no, I'm like okay, but I'm no, I'm but I'm a hypothetical because what is it like? What did Rudy say and what did Donovan say him back? Because Donovan still after that never came out and said, "Hey, by the way, Rudy and I are good. We had a great conversation and things are fine." One other thing from Dennis Lindsay, he said, at the most basic level, they know that they need each other to accomplish the goals we want to accomplish as being the last team left standing in the NBA. I, I think one thing. Well, we've learned a lot from watching The Last Dance. But I think one thing we have learned is that teammates don't have to get along to be able to perform well on the court. Oh, heck no. Uh-uh. As long as their goals are aligned, the ultimate goal of winning a championship, and as long as they work well on the court, it's okay. But is that their goal? Like, let me play devil's what advocate other for goal, just a moment. What other goal is there in the NBA? To get paid. To get the most yeah, money, to say, "Hey, look, they no, really, win because rings. if Donovan's a diva, like we, like I'm kind of starting to figure out that he is. That we're seeing the other side, of Donovan Mitchell. He's saying, oh, Rudy's getting twenty-two million. Okay, I want twenty-three million. If you can't pay me that, I'll go somewhere else where they can't pay me that. Is Donovan looking for more money than Rudy on, to say Donovan I'm getting more money than you? I don't know. If he is, then he's really short-sighted and very immature. Rudy, but he is Rudy's immature. been in the we league longer. That. It, but Rudy has hit certain significant milestones to earn the money that he's getting. But Donovan, Donovan okay, is so on track to, the question to get of that. Who is is it? Who's the most important player? Donovan 
or Rudy? Uh, it's great. Uh, that's a good. I think that's a very solid debate to because have. if it's Donovan, then he has a legit argument to say, "Why am I not getting paid what Rudy's getting paid, or even more?" Because it's his. He's. Uh, that's. I think that's a silly argument to try to make. Why? Look at their structure. Look how long they've been in the league. You can't say that I get as much as that guy does because. But if you're the more important player, my contract and the way that it works, if Michael Jordan in the NBA, yeah. But if you're the more important player, you tell them that doesn't happen in the NBA, AJ. What do you mean it doesn't happen in the NBA? A third or fourth year player doesn't say I demand a max contract today. Oh hi, my name's Kobe Bryant. And they, you don't think they kept him under their. Rookie scale as long as they could until they could max him out? Yeah, but you don't think he wasn't happy about it? The only way, the only reason why he did it is because he knew, he knew that Shaq was going to be gone because he wanted Shaq out and he knew he was going to get that. And by the way, he was getting the endorsements, he was getting the deals, he was the popular guy at the All Star game. It was Kobe and Jordan. It wasn't Shaq and Jordan. It was Kobe and Jordan. It was the two most prolific. So he was next to Michael Jordan's name. Shaq wasn't, and he could hold that over Shaq's head. Donovan can't hold that against Rudy. What he can hold is, hey, I'm the better player. I'm the more important player. They need me. They don't need you, Don Rudy. They need me. And he no, can tell the, the Jazz will say, that. we need both of you. It doesn't. But that's it's not, not a zero-sum game. It's not a zero-sum game. It's not whatever I get is at your expense. I can only win if you lose when it comes to the contracts on a team. I just, I feel like, and this is pure speculation, but I think Donovan's ego is going to get in the way of what they can accomplish as a team. It's happened to a lot of other great duos. It happened with Kobe and Shaq. It happened with Penny Hardaway and Shaq. I know there's a pattern there, but it happens with great duos. When, when, like, when Kevin, Anybody paired with LeBron? Dwayne Wade? I, I mean, actually, no, you know what? Chris Bosch, I think, felt left out. I honestly think Chris no, Bosch felt. He was felt, a third wheel. Uh, when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, he felt like even he though he was the best player on the court anytime he was on the court. And didn't he have the richest contract on that squad? Mm, no, I think Steph Curry does, doesn't he? I think when he was there, he may have had a little bit better deal than Steph. I'll have to look that up. But I, I think, think Steph was still in his earlier part of earlier phase of his contract. What was Draymond getting paid? Draymond had a pretty sexy deal, too. Draymond was getting money after being the NBA Finals MVP that first go-round. He got paid big time. And he was a defensive player of the year. And him and Kevin didn't get along. And and you know what Draymond said to Kevin? We don't need you. Find out that we don't need you. He's, yeah, well, he's a very unique, bombastic cat. He is, he is. And I'm almost, in a way, putting Donovan Mitchell into that Draymond Green ego group. Does he have, is he that immature and that egotistical to say, hey, look, if I don't get paid what Rudy's getting paid, is that why, is that why Donovan's upset? Is that why he's trying to chase him out? Is because he knows that Rudy's going to get a ton of money, but only one guy. Because I feel like at some point the Jazz are going to have to pay both guys, and they can't. They need to pick one guy. It's either Rudy or Donovan. Who are we going to pay? And they're going to find out. We're going to find out who the most important player is. Is it Rudy or is it Donovan? And if and I think Donovan's going to come out and say, look, I'm not getting that money. I'll go somewhere else where I can. And he will. I mean, I, when I say he will, he will get that money. 
I think the Jazz Utah or somewhere else. I would hope that the Jazz, of course, the, the people in the organization now outside of Gail Miller are different than those from several years back when the Jazz gave Max money to Andre Kirilenko. Mm. And I think that there was, with that instance and with, um, uh, what's the guy's name that was in Detroit? Ben? Uh, ben Wallace. Wallace. That uh, you have to be cautious with giving Max money to a defensive-minded player because the, the way that those players play, they tend to get hurt more than the other average player. They are impact players, and there's no question that they need to get paid, but to make them your max player and your number one guy is is really a cautionary tale that other teams have learned the hard way, including the Utah Jazz. So I think the Jazz would like to give Rudy a good contract, but do they max him out? I think that would cause some real problems and tie their hands in their ability to negotiate and give better deals to A, Donovan Mitchell, and to others to help fill out a roster. Yeah, and that's the other thing is you got to look at the rest of the roster. I, I know Joe Ingles has got his contract; he's set to go. Uh, I know Royce O'Neal got an, ex- an extension. Yep, Royce O'Neal's got his extension. Clarkson is another one they need to start thinking about because he's only for this year, right? They haven't signed him beyond this year. Correct. And I he think has he's, been I think, very. That's right. I think he's an expiring contract, so he's going to need to get some money because he is a productive player coming off the bench. That's a guy they're they're going to need to pay. So with that, they're going to want to be able to make some room. But when it comes down to it, and Rudy's going to want to get paid, and Donovan's going to want to get paid, can you afford them both? Uh, so let's see. I'm checking something real quick. Jordan Clarkson has an expiring contract. Uh, Manuel Moudier has an expiring contract. Juwan Morgan has an expiring contract. Okay, say that again. Who? Juwan Morgan and who? I'm sorry. Emmanuel Moutier and Jordan Clarkson. Dude, okay, what do you do about Moutier? Uh, he's become a forgotten man. I would I'd rather give though? the money to Jordan Clarkson. and Emmanuel Moutier has kind of uh, uh, recaptured a, a position with some of the things he was doing earlier in the year uh-huh. t- to uh, stay on an NBA roster. But... I don't know. I mean, with Donovan has improved his ball handling ability and knows how to initiate the offense. Mike Connolly is there, can do that. Jordan Clarkson can do that. Joe Ingles can do that. I just don't know that Emmanuel Moutier gets gets minutes. Yeah, I'd agree. That That's a good point to bring up. Uh, going back to Dennis Lindsay and the rest of his conference, uh, he's uh, – he said the league has given one definitive date with this Friday being the earliest that teams can reopen their practice, practice facilities to players under limited circumstances, provided that those teams are in locales where city and state governments have lightened stay-at-home restrictions. Lindsay then, quote, says, not at liberty to give the exact date yet, uh, but uh, when the signed uh, bank practice facility uh, will open, but he suspects it will be after May 8th. Um, and he goes on to say he's worked closely with uh, state health officials uh, our own medical team and health performance team, as well as the health performance team coming from the NBA. Uh, we're going to ramp up systematically. We want to make sure the facility meets all the league specifications, local state health officials, protocols, and then we're going to be even a little bit more stin- uh, stringent to those standards, creating our own standards. So smart work from Dennis Lindsay, and those are actually really wise words as well. 
Uh, some news from Ramona Shelburne reporting uh, just now. Oh, the last this can't be good. Ten minutes or so. Oh, there's the NBA Players Association Executive Director Michelle Roberts and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver will hold a call for all players on Friday. Okay. So uh, that's – I don't know what that's going to be discussed, but it's probably a good sign. That's a good the sign. NBA players rep and the commissioner together yeah. calling for – a joint call. I don't know that it necessarily means, hey, we're, we're going to start playing games. This but is our I, target date. I, I think it's but just it might a start to signal exactly. Hey, there's some things that uh, we can maybe start to be looking at. We need to continue to be cautious and give them a protocol to follow. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Start to. Uh, I don't know if you heard Tom Tolbert today. I didn't. He was on with Colin Coward. I oh love yeah, this. Tom's Tom great. Tolbert's. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. Um, he said his worry is that if the NBA began. And even if they were only given like two weeks before the they started playing again, he would be afraid that there'd be a lot of out of shape guys, and basketball would look really bad because players haven't done anything for two months. No, it's and I think we've had that discussion. You know, I I've had that discussion numerous times of when you bring them back, you got to make sure that they have time to to get their legs. I mean, they got they're gonna have jelly and get legs. in shape. Yeah. Who shape, knows which guys shoot a basketball? Have just been sitting on a couch playing video games all day. Yeah, I mean, and have gained thirty pounds. Well, and, sh- and the quarantine shooting 15. a basketball, uh, getting you know physical contact, you know, getting beat up a little bit, let your body uh, kind of get used to that contact in, in a basketball game. You're gonna have to. Uh, there's a time and a process that you have to give for the players to get back to. Or we're, it's gonna be like we're watching a no offense, but like a five year old basketball game. Where we're, I mean, we're hitting the backboard and nothing else. Bounce passes are getting picked off. Uh, we're chucking the ball across the, you know, into the fourth row of the stands. So there's that time they're going to need to gel it together again. And I, yeah, that, that, that would work. The question, Eric, then after, after this is all settled, the next question we'll ask, and I think what the league is trying to decide to, is, okay, if we get the season resumed and up and going again, with playoffs included, we need to have a date time to start for next season. We need to make sure we have, you know, our ducks in a pond in regards of what date do we start. Well, I think you're right. I think they have to say this the is our plan to finish this season. And still needs to happen. And, right, and this is how it's going to affect what we're going to do next year. Uh, do they just do a truncated off season? Do they do a delay? Um, it's still try to keep to some similar semblance of what a normal schedule would be like in 2020 and 21? Or do they say, you know what, we've been talking about this for a while. This is our, this is making the decision easy for us. From now on, we're going to start our NBA season on December 1. Yeah, and again, the, the draft lottery still needs to happen. Yeah, honestly, I don't love that. I've never been a fan of those proposals to start the NBA to delay the start of the NBA. Really? No. Look, high school, uh, college uh, basketball and NBA basketball starts at about the same time. High mm-hmm. school's a little bit later, mm-hmm. but it just seems natural to me that they should be running concurrent with each other. And then, if you delay it that much, then you're playing your championships in in July. Uh, that affects international play. See, oh, there's that's no a good point. T- there's no time off for some of these guys, like. Sometimes it normally would be. Because if you start in... You're playing games. You're still having 
your season's stretching on and guys from college have to wait even longer to come and work out with the team and do uh, draft uh, combines and things like that. I just think that gets all messed up. So that's a great point you bring up, that if they start in December, it affects July and so affects the Olympics. So you got to take non-playoff teams or non-playoff players and say, hey, we need you a part of the roster on the USA basketball team. And especially for Coach Popovich. Or even international players. Yeah. You know, just look at the host of really quality international players Luka in the Doncic NBA. will be one of those, yeah, too. Yeah, that want to go play for their countries to get a medal or the FIBA World Cup. Yeah, so I just think it creates a lot of other issues. Granted, those, maybe they could adjust their schedules as well. If the NBA is going on and those players can't be released, then they really want them to play, then maybe they can persuade those those events to to shift as well, but they're not going to move dramatically. So I, I think you're right, though. The bottom line is whatever decisions are made for this summer definitely affect the, the entire next season, uh, and that all has to be considered. Yeah. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, our good friend Craig Hislop had a conversation with Utah State softball coach Steve Johnson. Uh, we've spoken with him before. Interesting perspective on how these uh, recent times are affecting his squad and how he's keeping busy and keeping tabs on his players. So we'll get that perspective and how things are now compared to where things were a few weeks back when we spoke with Steve before. Uh, We're also going to continue to look at some things that could be happening in the fall or not happening in the fall. Utah High School Activities Association made an announcement earlier this week reaffirming there will not be sanctioned spring sports they will continue to be shut down, but there are questions about will there be fall sports? And in light of that, the fall football schedules were released this week. So we'll touch on that as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Andre Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us today. If you've got a question, by the way, or something you want us to touch on, feel free to text into the program, 435-339-0321. 435-339-0321. Pranus was not happy about me comparing Mitchell to Green, though. Pranus was ticked. <laughs> it, deservedly so. I mean, that's not a good comparison. <laughs> I love Piranhas, man. He's he's so loyal. I love that guy. Uh, but no, I mean, okay. Look, I I'm not I'm not saying he went full Draymond Green mode. I'm not saying that. But I think there's a little bit of egotistical within Mitchell that is the same as Draymond Green. Well, I don't. And maybe a tad bit of immature. I'm not saying full, just a little. Don't don't. But it's something. Let's this, calm this, down. Something that is clear is that uh, I think that what we're seeing now is just a manifestation of what was under the surface for months. Hmm. And this just became the catalyst to shift things into a higher gear with some discontent. So I don't think it's all related to Rudy Gobert touching a few microphones. Yeah, I agree. It is, it's I agree. There's more to, more to it than yeah. that. All right, our good friend Craig Hislop caught up with uh, Steve Johnson. 
He's the head coach for the Utah State softball team. And uh, they've certainly had their season cut short just as it was getting started. So he has some unique perspective on what he's doing in the midst of all this and how he's trying to keep up to date with and keep in touch with uh, some of his players and staff during these unique times. It was about two months ago when the pandemic closed down athletics in our country. Utah State softball team was playing well. They had come to the end of the preseason pretty much. They were 13-11. and 11. They just won four of five at a Bay Area tournament and getting ready for the start of Mountain West Conference play. Steve Johnson is the ninth head coach in Aggie softball history, his seventh year on the job, and he came to Utah State after five years as an assistant head coach at Auburn a native of West Des Moines, Iowa, and we invited the coach to join us when we heard that uh, tomorrow the All-Mountain West Conference softball team will be announced. Steve, I assume you're like all of us uh, out here trying to figure out what happens next in uh, college sports. Yeah, that's the, the big mystery. You know, we're just uh, right now we're trying to stay safe and, and do everything we can. I'm honing my skills as an at-home kindergarten teacher <laughs> and uh just kind of waiting uh, as we would have been our coming into our last week of the season here and uh, you know just hoping that, that things can normalize a little bit and we can figure out a way to get back to uh, some college athletics. As I mentioned you'd played uh, 24 games about half of the season basically preseason games it looked by the numbers that you were playing pretty well. Yeah we really were um, you know it, it's, it's always a challenge coming out of practicing indoors for a month and a half and um we we stumbled just a little bit coming out of the gate but really we're putting it together at the end we won five in a row down in uh lake elsinore tournament and um came off the the bay area showcase of the silicon valley classic at uh, uh four and one and uh really had a lot of confidence uh getting ready to play uh utah valley uh before we started mountain west play so we were really confident in in where we were at and uh you know, it's just a shame that we weren't able to kind of get out there and, and complete what we were doing. I wanted just to go through some names. Uh, we could, I guess we could have called you a day later, and we'd have known for sure the, uh, the uh, ladies that would be making that team from, uh, from Utah State. But uh, we want to talk about them anyway, and then we'll have the news tomorrow to go with it. But... Uh, Capri Tune. Now, here's a, a young lady from Bear River. They have had a really solid program over there, and she was she'd won eight and nine decisions so far this year. Yeah, she uh, Capri's a great kid. Number one, uh, great kid, great family. Uh, had a great career over at Bear River. I think won two or three state titles over there. And um, you know, coming any kid coming from high school to college has a big jump and a uh, big learning curve and. But what she really did in the off season was kind of dedicate herself to get better, and uh, she got rolling uh, second week of the season. Uh, I think she went three and zero. She threw a no header down in uh, Lake Elsinore, and that last weekend when we went four and one, we really relied on her. Uh, she had some big games, a really good Texas State team that that she beat. Uh, so, yeah, she she was really getting. Uh, you know, she's not a strikeout pitcher. Um, but she was getting a lot of miss hits, a lot of ground balls, a lot of easy fly balls for us, and, and the defense was backing her up. So it was really good to see her 
uh, play as well as she she was, and and we were really looking forward to seeing her uh, in the conference play. She's a sophomore. Maisie McFarlane is a uh, freshman. Uh, she and her twin sister Mackenzie uh, playing for your program, but uh, Maisie's uh, uh, offensive numbers looked really good at that point. Yeah, Maisie and, and her, her twin sister Mackenzie. Uh, you know, we've been recruit. We recruited them for a long time. We knew that they were going to be a special uh, pair, and. Um, you know, they came in right away and set the tone. They're incredible workers. Uh, they're, again, great kids from a great family. And, you know, they just they set out their, their competitors. And it's kind of fun to watch the two of them compete with each other. Uh, and they get after pretty good. Uh, but she came out and, and just had a great start to the season. Um, you know, again, second weekend, had a big weekend down there and, and kind of set the tone. But she, she, we knew right away in the fall that, that this kid was going to compete for a starting spot. And by the time we rolled around into January, she had, had done that. She had earned that spot and uh, was really uh, just a tremendous athlete out there for us and, and did a lot of different things at the plate, um, you know, contact hitter, but can have a little power every now and then and, and just was really uh, finding her groove uh, right there at the end of the preseason. Another uh, solid hitter on this team, Stephanie Reed, a three eighty two hitter, a junior outfielder who um, uh, was reading about. She's uh, she's had four triples this year in and two in in the St. Mary's game and in the top ten in uh, triples nationally. In addition to hitting three eighty two, yeah, Steph's another tremendous athlete. We actually recruited her as a pitcher uh, when she came to a camp. Every time I went to go see her play on the in our game setting, uh, she was playing a different position, whether it was shortstop or outfield or second, and finally got to see her pitch. And um, you know, she uh, kind of grew into the leadoff role uh, last year, uh, but it was just the perfect fit. We kind of changed our offensive philosophy this year. Uh, the way we wanted to start games, uh, we, we talk, call it playing on fire, playing with our hair on fire, and. She just fits that mold. She's a very aggressive hitter. Uh, she's not your typical leadoff kid. She doesn't take a lot of pitches. Uh, I don't know if she's got double-digit walks in three years um, total, but uh, you know she is a really aggressive hitter for us and, and really kind of grew into that role uh, is kind of our leader in the outfield as far as center field. She covered a lot of ground uh, for us out there, but was really having a solid season uh, at the plate, and she's – She's got speed and quickness. Um, she can steal a base or two here and there, but once she gets rolling, uh, she she does a really good job. And yeah, the the triples are always fun. Probably the hardest hit to get in our game, especially with the dimensions being the fences so close. But uh, she's an aggressive base runner and is always looking to take that extra base. So and and that's kind of what happened in some of those situations. She just maybe kind of surprised the defense a little bit and, and uh, uh, helped us out offensively. And finally, another uh, lady that I would say would be a strong candidate, uh, and especially she's a senior. She's given you four solid years, or, or almost four full years. It's too bad she couldn't have finished it out, and this all hadn't happened. I'm talking about Riley Plogger. Uh, against St. Mary's becomes the school's all-time runs leader, a starter in every game she's played here at Utah State. 
Yeah, Riley was a kid. I actually found her uh, on the recruiting trail uh, back in 2012. And uh, she was one of the first kids that I contacted wanting to build our program when I got here and was, was fortunate enough uh, to get her here for us. You know, another uh, great kid, great family. Their support uh, was, was over the top uh, with us all the time. But uh, that kid's a true leader, you know, and uh, she came in and, and played as, every game as a freshman uh, when we nearly won the conference uh, four years ago. Uh, and, and she was just kind of along for the ride. She didn't really know what uh, what was going on. She had some great senior leadership. And then, uh, you know, she grew into that leader role. Uh, but uh, kid has kind of been in different spots in our lineup, uh, can drop a bun if we need to, but uh, really is a, a really solid contact hitter. Pop a home run every now and then. But, uh, you know, again, it's disappointing that, that she didn't get to finish her year like everybody else. But, uh just a fantastic kid that was, was doing a lot for us and, and uh, really excited to, to see what's next for her. Well, again, those are three or four that I picked out. I'm sure there are others, but uh, we'll find out tomorrow. But, uh, again, we um, as we've said to other coaches in the program, it's especially the spring coaches and the, the football coaches who had their spring season cut short as well, it's just feel badly for you, but... Uh, There'll be a time when uh, this will all start up again, and we wish you the best with that. Oh, I appreciate that. Okay, so that's, uh, again, Craig Hislop with a conversation with Steve Johnson, the head softball coach from Utah State University. Quick step aside, when we come back, let's talk about fall sports. High school fall sports, will they happen? The uh, the, uh, high school football schedules for Region 11 are out. We'll look at what, who's on those schedules, where these teams might play, some of the matchups, unique ones out of region, and then the unique region games to keep an eye on. But again, the question is, will these games be played? UHSAA made an announcement earlier this week that may give us some insight on that. We'll, talk, we'll discuss that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The answer is... You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. The Olympics have been postponed. The IOC is probably sitting there going like, let's just get through the 15 days in America and see what happens there. As much as summer, this thing is supposed to die down, the idea of having people from over 200 countries all live in one space and not expect this thing to get worse, it was a pretty bad idea. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Western Extermination of Cache Valley is your simple solution for lawn care and pest control. Your yard is meant to be enjoyed without ants and bugs, wasps, mosquitoes, spiders, rodents, and critters that chew up your garden. Right now, sign up for a full season of lawn fertilization services and receive free pest control. Serving Utah, Idaho, and western Wyoming. Call Western Extermination of Cache Valley. 512-0014 for residential and commercial properties. That's Western Extermination of Cache Valley. 512-0014. You spend so much time wondering about your future, and then it just clicked. It's what you've always wanted to do, and now you get to do what you love and be a part of something special thanks to New Horizons Beauty College. You get to express yourself and challenge the artist inside of you while helping others feel beautiful. You'll say you definitely made the right choice. Your beautiful career starts at New Horizons Beauty College. Apply today. Call 435-752-9779. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. 
So we know this softball is done. It never happened. And that's, well, it was just starting to happen. And it was cut short way too, too early, especially when Utah State had some nice things going for them. Uh, so nice interview there with Craig Hislop uh, and the coach Steve Johnson. Touched on a lot of things that we had, we had discussed with Coach Johnson as well. But uh, one thing that Craig was pointing out is that uh, the All-Mountain West softball teams are going to be announced, even though they still did that, even though very few games were actually played. Yeah, so three Utah State softball players uh, were named to the All-Mountain West team. In fact, for all three, it's their first recognition to be on the uh, All-Mountain West team. Uh, freshman outfielder uh, Maisie McFarland, uh, who, uh, and then junior outfielder Stephanie Reed, and sophomore pitcher Capri Toon. Uh, was, uh, all three of those were named to the uh, All-Mountain West team. Reed led the uh, Aggie offense with a three eighty two batting average, 29 hits, and 76 at-bats, uh, three doubles, four triples, and one home run on the year. Scoring 14 runs and with 11 ribbies, uh, she was also hit by pitch a league high nine times. Jeez, and she started all 24 games in center field, tallying 56 putouts. Uh, for Tune, Eric, uh, she led Utah State in the circle this season on the uh, on the bump. Uh, I guess on the flat bump, posting a 2.3 R uh, 3.5 ERA, 65 and a half innings, over 15 games on the year, eight and one record. Uh, she let's see. She had was a five inning no hitter against San Diego. Of her six complete games, four were shutouts in all, and then in all, two and allowed fifty seven hits and twenty two earned runs on the season. She struck out forty and walked twenty. And then uh, finally, uh, McFarland batted three twenty nine in twenty four games, second highest batting average on the team, four doubles, two home runs, scoring a team high fifteen runs with eleven ribbies. And she started every game in left field, recording forty eight putouts. Yeah, so congratulations to those yeah, Utah State that softball That is players. awesome. Uh, we've discussed that the NBA is still a little bit in limbo whether or not they're going to finish out their season. There's a report that there's going to be a conference call uh, initiated by both the Players Association and Conference Commissioner for all NBA players coming up on Friday. Uh, and there may be something similar looming in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is going to be coming to the Players Association with a plan in the coming, you know, days to a week plus or so. And during that time, we're going to get a much better sense of when baseball could actually restart in the United States. That's Jeff Passan reporting. And uh, maybe baseball within the next few weeks could be resuming. But it all it depends on... Where are these hot spots? Are things trending? Uh, Are they flattened out? Are they trending down? And is that universal, or is it okay in those in those in those communities where these these teams exist, or are they going to have to go to some neutral site location to resume things or to start things until it's safe to go back to their home site? So I think there's still some question uh, about that with Major League Baseball, and maybe to some degree with the NBA. As well, so there's a report that came out that uh, they were going to start spring training, the second part of it, or I guess part two, if you will, uh, on June 10th, and then of course start the regular season on July 1st. And then well, the question came up between you and I is how much do you cut the season in half? You can't have an All Star break now, and especially what's the part that surprised me the most, Eric, is that they want to play in their home field ballparks. That that surprised me a little bit. I I don't know if that can be done. And then the other question is, is minor league baseball still on? I haven't. So well, there was a report still that exists. it was ex-nade, and then they said, no, that's, that's not gone true. Quiet. That's gone quiet. Yeah, and then, they, and then, well, actually, minor league baseball came out and said, no, that is a false report. That's not true. 
we still plan on having a minor league baseball season. Well, but well, I mean, based on you know info we're getting, we're still waiting to see out things. So there's always that awkward conversation of exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I can't wait to have baseball back. I, I, I mean, I'm excited for basketball, but baseball didn't even get up and get going. I, for some reason, I'm I'm really excited about uh, about baseball coming back and um, want to see the drama that will unfold with the Red Sox, the Astro situation, the cheating scandals that were they were a part of, um, and then uh, of course uh, uh, you got you know new players on new teams and just. A lot of tension, I guess, in the National League, if you will, in regards of, uh, you know, the Dodgers, the Nationals, the Braves. Uh, I'd even put the Brewers in that situ- in the conversation of being in contention for the NLCS championship this year to, to make an appearance and represent the NL in the, in the World Series. And then in the AL, I mean, you've got pitchers, batters, you've got, you've got the Red Sox, you've got the Astros situation. Uh, it's all going to kind of come to a head sooner than later when that season starts. Yeah, I think at this point people would be just happy to have baseball. Uh, whether have you been whole, watching before the- it started, everybody was like, "How many times are the Astros players going to get hit? Uh, you know, can they can they still have a regular season? Um, you know, this is all so bad." But now I think we'll just be happy to have baseball. Have you been watching the Korean baseball stuff? No, I haven't either. I know people are thrilled with it. I mean, they did that. But the thing is, the problem is that they're using cardboard cutouts in the stands. So they're pumping in crowd noise, man. Like, what the heck? You're pumping in crowd noise. That's illegal <laughs> in the NFL. Oh, I know. I, I, I actually, I need to stay up and watch some Korean baseball. I just want to see what it's like, if it's any different from the MLB. Um, so there is question about... Um, you know, whether or not things will happen, we're still debating what's going to happen now. Um, you know whether things will happen for the Major League Baseball season. Will NHL, Major, uh, NBA, can they conclude their seasons? But there's still plenty of questions surrounding what might happen in the fall with these other teams and seasons that haven't even started to practice yet. Uh, and um, there is still some question about. Um, you know, high school football, the NFL, college football, if those are going to be taking place. And Utah High School Activities Association uh, came out with a release just earlier this week. It came out yesterday. You can read it on cashvalleydaily.com, basically reaffirming, look, we, we've seen the petition, we've seen the video, but we're following the guidelines, we're following our health professionals that say, we need to continue practicing these social guidelines, social distancing guidelines, and, and uh, avoid team sports and things like this. So the spring activities will remain canceled for the remainder of the 2020 spring season. But what they did also say is they're not sure about what's going to happen in the fall just yet. Uh, they said that uh, having organized sports that's considered part of the recovery phase. And they said that they're going to be still meeting. And they said that the, they will have to wait until all 29 counties are in the same level of, you know, is it safe to go out and do certain things? Um, and they call it the yellow status. We're currently in the orange status or the moderate status. So, it's it's interesting, Ajay. There's, there's 
we don't know. High school sports, fall sports could could still be delayed if this drags on. Hopefully, hopefully, and that's still a couple months away. Hopefully that gets settled down. But there are hot spots in like Summit County and Salt Lake County. A report of some knuckleheads in Utah County that weren't following the oh, guidance of and now, uh, our, and now they're paying dearly for our it. real professionals that know what's going on. And there was an outbreak with a couple of businesses that were being stupid. unreal. Still blows so my it's going to set a lot of things back. But basically, there's there's concern that the UHSAA that they are, they're not going to do anything until all 29 counties are in the yellow status, which is a safe thing to do. Again, look, I know we want sports back. We want our kids to play. I get that. But we have to be safe. We have to do this the right way. And I, and and that's and by the way, the whole like idea of the twenty nine counties being in the yellow, I don't think that's coming as much from the UHSAAs as it's coming from the governor and lieutenant. I think there's higher authority that's saying, look, we need our kids to be safe. We want our fans to be safe. We want to make sure we do this the right way. And so, don't go charge at the UHSA and say you guys are costing our kids our careers. You guys are you know just trying to throw this all out the door and don't go after them. I think that they're trying to cooperate with the local and state authorities as they should be to make sure that we that we're all on the same page. Yeah, and you know what? If we do the things that we're supposed to be doing now, that will happen in a couple of months. But if we're all going around being cavalier, like, eh, it's not that big a deal. I'm tired of this. I, I get the fatigue. I get it. We're going to have issues. But you're going to just delay things and create more problems down the line if you're not careful today. But let's be. Let's just get to what the schedules as they've been released. Uh, they were announced, and uh, there's some interesting matchups on here. What some of these schools are doing in their non-region games, and uh, Andre, let's just go through uh, each school in Region 11, real quick. Okay. Let, let's start to the north, and we'll head south. So let's start with Skyview. Go ahead. So Skyview, tentatively as it's would be planned, uh, would open a couple of games at home. Uh, Stansbury coming up from Tooele County. Bonneville would be coming in. And then uh, they'd be making a trip up to Pocatello. Actually, they have a couple of trips north up into, across the border. Uh, one game on a Saturday in the Mini Dome in Pocatello. Uh, the, the team has not yet been announced. Game time is not determined yet either. But that could be an interesting, probably a doubleheader type situation like sometimes gets hap- gets, uh, takes place uh, here in Logan. They're on Merlin Olson Field. Uh, then they head up north again on September 4th to Madison uh, to a little bit further north up in the Rexburg area. Uh, and then they start region play on September 11th on the road at Green Canyon. So what a juicy way for them to start out in the post-Mason Falls Lavera at Green Canyon, uh, their, uh, their, their regional rival in Region 11. Uh, and so that's kind of the... The lead up to that. Then they have one more non-region game at the end of the uh, regular season on October 14th on that UEA weekend. I guess it's not, they don't do UEA anymore. The fall break weekend on October 14th. It's a Wednesday, and that'll be at Bountiful. So, interesting collection of games for Skyview. Yeah, absolutely. So then we move to its border rival, and that's Green Canyon. Uh, Green Canyon will start their season tentatively, of course, on August 14th as they head to Tooele. Defense the Buffaloes, and then they are at home uh, versus Box Elder, back on the road at Stansbury, 
back to back home games versus Morgan and then open region play versus Skyview. Uh, and then at Mount Crest, at Bear River on the 25th, and then home versus Ridgeline. And then October 8th, so six days later, they're at Northridge. And then six days later again for UAA weekend, they're home against Northridge. So two back-to-back short turnarounds to finish off the season. Well, it's interesting that Logan and, and Green Canyon have agreed to adjust their schedules a little bit. Instead of doing games on a Friday and then a very short turnaround on a on a Wednesday for that fall break weekend, they both agreed, let's move it up one day, give ourselves a little extra time. So we have two shorter weeks, but at least... It's not one super short week. So uh, Logan High and Green Canyon agreeing to move up that uh, typical uh, last game of the region play up one day to give themselves a little bit more breathing room from their last non-region game before the playoffs. Before we go any further, have we heard anything about a Rocky Mountain kickoff yet? I have not. Okay. I have not heard anything on that. All right, leave it there. Uh, So let's go to Logan. So they uh, open at home versus Provo. They head to Stansbury. Interesting. Stansbury's on a lot of schedules. They're going to play a lot of games with Region 11 Happened teams. last year, too. Uh, the uh, Logan Grizzlies travel to Stansbury on the 21st. Then they travel to Cyprus. And then they host Highland, Idaho on September 4th. And then the, it's one of three games in a row that they have at home. They open up region play against Mountain Crest, host Bear River. And then they go on the road at Ridgeline at Skyview. And then finish off, as we said, against Green Canyon at Logan, and then their last game of the season will be on the road at Hunter. Ooh, Hunter, really? Ooh, that's a brutal schedule for them. That's actually a really good schedule for them, too. That's a that's a good job scheduling for uh, for Logan. All right, let's go move on to Ridgeline. Uh, August 14th, they'll be at Pineview, home against Cypress, home against Farmington, home against Woodcross. Back-to-back-to-back, Eric, really three RPI Telling games. Yes, that's a that's that a good point. It's an RPI rich RPI. Uh, schedule. That Whether they'll survive all those games is still unknown. Yeah. But <laughs> Cypress, Farmington, and Woods Cross, and Bolt, and a way, new head coach too. Two of those three ended up in the final four last year. Uh, they uh, open Region Eleven play at Bear River, and then back to back home games versus Skyview and Logan, and then back to back road games to complete the Region Eleven play at Green Canyon at Mountain Crest, and then their <laughs> their uh, UEA weekend game. Home against Viewmont. And it's interesting that all these teams will play that Wednesday game. There's mm-hmm. been some years where some schools will just say, now nah, yeah. we're going to have. Gonna Happened last that. year. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Bear River. Uh, they open on the road at Juan Diego. Come home. To, they kind of bounce back and forth almost every other week. They're on the road at Juan Diego, home versus Morgan. That's a good traditional rivalry game between those two schools. At Bonneville. And then the big Golden Spike rivalry game versus Box Elder. This game will this year will be played there in Tremonton slash Garland. Uh, then they open region play at home against Ridgeline. Go to Logan, host Green Canyon, go to Mountain Crest, and then host Skyview. Uh, and then they finish out their season at Clearfield. And finally, we go to Mountain Crest over there in Hiram. Uh, they'll host Salem Hills on August 14th at Wasatch, which will be a brutal game. And then Saturday, August 29th, versus Bonneville, Idaho, at home. That's a 10 a.m. game, Eric. Uh, and then September 4th and 11th, they're on the road at Bonneville and at Logan. On September 18th, they're home against Green Canyon. 25th, they're at Skyview. And then October 2nd and 9th, uh, home games, respectively, versus Bear River and Ridgeline. And then the UEA weekend game is versus Hillcrest on Wednesday, October 14th. Exciting. 
Uh, love me some high school football. Bonneville at 10 a.m. I sure hope it happens. I wonder if that's part of – there may be considered the home game, but I wonder if that game will actually be in Hiram. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So I'm not entirely sure on that one. Hey, by the way, just a re- quick reminder, NFL schedule gets released tomorrow. Ooh, juicy. Uh, Can't wait. It'll be fun. All hoping that it does actually happen. All right, we'll wrap this up with some final thoughts and uh, tease what we might be discussing tomorrow on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Wednesday. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to get into this. We haven't really got a chance. We've had so many other great things going on. But we're going to get into the quarterback situations in the NFL. Yeah. Who are the starters? Who are the backups? Who's on and the how might seat. that change as the season rolls on? Yeah, and there's a ton of storylines with that, especially game skin that are going to be scheduled. Hey, really quickly, with the release of the NFL schedule tomorrow, a bunch of teams will not be selling tickets even though the schedule will be released. They're going to hold back instead. wait. Yep. Well, there's probably some sense in that because you don't want to have to turn around and issue a bunch of refunds. Um, it just saves you a little bit of time and energy doing that. But still, it's uh, it, it, it provides some hope, right? And something to look forward to yeah. with some fall sports that are going on. So anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great night, everybody. You can go back and check out our podcast on 1069thefan.com. Well, it's almost here. The NFL is going ahead with its scheduled release on Thursday night. For now, we might as well enjoy it and start thinking about how fun these games could be. And not to ruin ESPN or the NFL Network's big shows, but we already know the matchups. It's going to be a different year, a funny year. But you have a new team that's going to be a primetime draw. Get ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won't play the New England Patriots. That would have been amazing. But Tom Brady gets to face off with Drew Brees and the Saints twice. He plays against Aaron Rodgers. He also has a matchup with Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of Mahomes... His Chiefs will face the Ravens and Lamar Jackson in a duel of MVPs. And if you're a Cowboys fan or you root against them, get ready for plenty of primetime games, including a showdown with the 49ers. There's a lot more detail coming out tomorrow night. It might just be fantasy football at this point, but still should be a lot of fun to look forward to the juicy games of 2020. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.